Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. What advantage then is there in being a Jew? What value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every human being a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result? Their condemnation is just. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the peace of God they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. 
Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In the sight of God, we all come up short. Freedom is found in acknowledging that. In fact, the fullness of kingdom life cannot be enjoyed unless you acknowledge that. So find esteem not in yourself, but in the atoning work of Jesus. Atonement is not a drab, don't worry about it, mumbled by God. Atonement is a very targeted piece of work that the law of the Old Testament trained people to understand. The process of atonement was to become conscious of sin. It confesses abject failure and submits no excuse. My sins are awful acts that must be punished. They have contributed to the swamp of spiritual pollution festering on the earth. Atonement then provides a deliciously grace-filled administration of that punishment, the death of a representative standing in your place, a spotless lamb for the wretched sinner. And finally, once the sacrifice has been made, Atonement joyously, gloriously declares those sins dealt with. In a startling, destiny-shifting statement, the sinner is declared clean, spotless, like the lamb who has been slain. Jesus was your atoning sacrifice. Don't let familiarity breed contempt. You brought sin to the party and Jesus took it from you. Then Jesus told everyone you brought a perfect gift, celebrating your arrival like a guest of honour. Paul drills into atonement so relentlessly because kingdom life cannot be enjoyed unless you fully embrace the implications of its grace. We should all walk away from this atonement in bewilderment, utterly undone by the reckless grace we have received. When we understand atonement, We can carry no pride or sense of privilege into the kingdom. We come in empty. Atonement strips us bare, reclothing us and all others who are atoned with royal robes we don't deserve. We look at our redeemed selves, filled with honour, shimmering in glory, and we wonder if this is how this begins. What unspeakable delights are coming our way next? Here's a question for reflection. Why did God show you grace? And what difference has it made to your life? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.